Welcome to Level Up with Adrian Cruz. Today, I have Michelle and Adrian here in Cheyenne, um, and I'm going to just interview them, kind of talk to them about their come up in Cheyenne. I know a lot of people in Cheyenne are curious about Adrian Cruz, um, specifically with the Lamborghinis and the cars and everything and how he started his flipping business, um, and Michelle, especially with growing her business in Cheyenne with salons and being an entrepreneur um, with real estate. And I don't even know everything else. So I'm going to ask her all the questions. So anyways, I have Michelle and Adrian here with me today, and we're just kind of going to talk about everything. So I'll start out with Michelle. Um, kind of tell me, are you like, are you from Cheyenne? Kind of give me your history of like where you started in Cheyenne. I'm born and raised here in Cheyenne, so I've lived here my entire life. Wow. And did you go to Central East? I went to Central for a little bit, and then I landed up transferring over to East and graduating from the East. Okay. Got it. And then after high school, did you, what did you do? I actually just worked. I worked three jobs right out okay. of high school. Never had really any intention to go into college or anything. No one really... Mm -hmm. did in my family so I just worked my parents just taught me to work and I and what did. was your what were your first jobs my first job when I was 15 I worked at the country club just at the oh. swimming pool that was yep. my first job were you a snack shack girl yes <laughs> a snack shack girl yep yep if you know you know in Cheyenne <laughs> so okay so you were at the country club Yes. And then what else were you doing? And then I worked at a Chinese restaurant. So I would like, we'd deliver food or, mm -hmm. yeah, something that. Bag food, deliver food, whatever, waitress, mm -hmm. anything. And then also Sears Tire and Automotive. Oh, so. I never knew that. Yeah. So you kind of have been grinding right out of high school then. Yeah, even in, I mean, since I was 16, when I was 15, yeah. country club. Then I worked there every summer for three years, and then so that was during high school. But Got I worked it. at Sears the whole time in high school. Got it. And then right out of high school, I did all three of the jobs because I. Uh, and did you feel like, like, because that's I remember when I I got my first job I think at like fifteen at Ruby Juice here, uh, but that was like so I mean that was high school. It was super soft hours, like three hours a day maybe after school. But I never felt pressure to make money or anything. And I think probably because I was like, I had super, I had a cushion with my parents, if that makes sense. Like, I never felt like I needed to go out and make a lot of money, which in retrospect, I wish I would have had more of a grind mentality. But do you feel like you had to work three jobs because you wanted to or you had to? Or like, where did that drive come from? Really, I wanted a car, so that was mm. like the first thing was to buy me a car. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then when did you, so when did you go to like hair school or beauty school or how did that all transpire? I didn't go to beauty school till later on, maybe after working and waitressing and mm -hmm. then I finally was like, I should maybe go back to school. Okay. And I always liked fashion, so I was like, hair would be the perfect right. thing. So then I went to Cheeks. Okay, here in Cheyenne. Here in Cheyenne, and during okay. that time, I waitressed the whole time, beauty school. And Got it. Waitressed on the weekends and evenings, because I had already bought a house by that time. Okay, so okay, so when did you buy your first house then? When I was 18. The first, when oh I moved gosh. out, the first thing I did is bought a house, because I never wanted to rent. Wow. Okay. See, that is so interesting. I would have never <laughs> thought at 18 to buy a house. And why did, and that's just because you just didn't want to rent? Yeah. I just thought I wanted to 
to buy something instead uh-huh. of something. I kind of remember somebody talking about it when I was working at the restaurant, somebody talking about buying versus renting. And I'm like, I'm going to buy. Wow. Okay. So you bought your first house when you were 18. And where was that in Cheyenne? It was actually on the south side in a trailer. So yeah, you get paid. <laughs> it was actually That's a fair. trailer house. Yeah. But it was one of the brand new trailers. Like, so I got to like, get something no one ever lived in right right that's so interesting and so okay so you bought that and then which was which car did you buy when did you have like a goal for your first vehicle i remember my first one was like an older one i've had i had so many there was a time i had like three cars as well okay (laughs) because i was really into cars back then too Uh and so okay well i this is very interesting information i don't know all this so you bought your first house when you were 18. And then did you sell that or keep it as a rental? Or how did you kind of know to like pursue, like what did you do after you lived there for a while? Well, that house actually, I oh, I wanted to add this into is I got two roommates in that one. So okay. they actually helped pay the whole mortgage. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. But and We're all living in... Uh, was it a modular? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was like a three-bedroom, three-bath, so we all had our own Wow, space. at 18? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, okay, so then did you end up selling that then? Well, that – so when I was super young, I got, like, every credit card in the whole – everywhere. I started buying, like, Chanel and Louis Vuitton and all this mm-hmm. stuff when I was young on credit. Uh-huh. So – I worked at a company and the company closed down. Uh-huh. It was like a kind of like a telemarketing place. I sold credit reports. So they were closing down. And when they closed down, I had this idea that I want to go back to school. But I'm like, I could never because I had a house. I had cars. I had all this debt. So I actually landed up filing bankruptcy and getting rid of the trailer. Wow. Yeah. So that I, is, a, that's <laughs> crazy. Okay. I don't even know if you know that story. That is but, crazy. <laughs> so, but what that did is, um, the reason I also filed bankruptcy on the, the modular, because I was, I was like 18 years old. I, they had gave me like a 30-year loan with like a 20% interest rate. I mean, it was wow. something astronomical for my age. For Right. I would have never paid that off. I had already owned it for like five years. And right. I would have never paid that off. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And it was not – I didn't own land with it. I had it in a trailer park. Right. So you were you paying yeah, and it lot started, rent? Like, yes, yeah, lot rent. And as I got older, it started getting kind of sketchy, and mm-hmm. I had these nice cars there and mm-hmm. in a trailer park. So it started – like, I felt like – I did line up keeping my car because I kept my credit really good with my credit union. Uh-huh. So I kept my car, and I kept my credit really well with the credit union, but my credit – all those credit cards, and I had mm-hmm. bought rims for all my cars. I had credit cards for every – department store for i mean just thousands and thousands of dollars in credit cards and then you and then you filed bankruptcy and i I don't understand how that works really so does that mean like your debt is forgiven but it dings your credit or what happens for 10 years you can't get credit wow but it took care of the trailer and all those credit right. cards. Right. And it does it is that what it does? It forgives that yeah. debt, I guess. Yeah, it forgives all your debt. You had to take classes and credit mm-hmm. classes and so mm-hmm. then after that, I mean, I became like ex- like to this day I don't even have a credit card. Like if I do, I pay it off right. immediately. Right. And that's something we've talked about too before is like nobody ever teaches you how to use a credit card. And actually Adrian was the first person actually that advised me to get a credit card because I just use debit for everything. Cause I'm like, why would I have a credit? I pay, I don't want a credit card because I've heard horror stories. And he was like, it was right when the Apple card came out oh. and he was like, you should get the Apple card because you should build your credit. So anyways, there's both sides to the credit card, but okay. So you filed bankruptcy, everything. And then what did you do after that? So then um, I lived like in an with apartment you? with a friend for a while. Okay. So we just rented and then I saved up, re- just reestablished my credit, and then I bought my first 
house. Got it. Okay. And where was that in Cheyenne? That was in Saddle Ridge. Oh, wow. So okay. Was my... And was that when Saddle Ridge was first kind yeah, of like? Yeah, it was probably oh. like the second house in Saddle Ridge. Interesting. Okay. And do you, so for right now, how, what's your rental portfolio looking like? I probably have nine rentals. No way. Wow. But we have a, most of them are together now. Most okay. Are, yeah. But you've just, like, so over years and years, would you, so would you like live in one and then rent it out by something yeah, else, live in it? And the then Saddle Ridge house. Uh -huh. I, I actually got roommates there too, to help me pay the mortgage. So right. I always kind of had roommates. Got it. And then, okay. So you have your rentals and you're kind of doing that. And then when did you, um, so you go to Cheeks and every, and you get your licensing for hair, right? Yes. And then did you when did you open up Chelabella's? So probably I worked a little bit at the mall and then I went to go work at a salon on Central and I was just going to rent a space and all the girls that were working with me decided they were going to leave. So I just asked the owner of the building if I could just stay there and rent one room. So I landed up opening it up with just me to start, and that was probably about a year out of beauty school. Okay. If that, it might have even been six months out of beauty school. Oh wow! And it was just it was, you. And it was just me. And then it that organically grew because then one girl came and was like, "Hey, can I rent a room here?" So then I'd ask the guy, "Can I rent a space here?" And just for example, I'd get the space from him, another room from him for like two hundred, and then I'd rent rented out to her for 400. Oh, so then I slowly grew that space because they had little rooms there as well. Sure. So I slowly had grown that space to a point where I think at one point there was 10 girls. Oh, wow. So 10 different rooms and then And you didn't own the salon. It was just you were renting the Shellabella. Right, so I just rent from that rent from the owner and then, you know, rent oh. out to girls for a little bit more for profit. Interesting. I didn't know all that either. And then when did you end up purchasing your the house on is it on was it on house? Yeah. Yeah. On house Avenue. Probably yeah. about almost ten years into because I had already had two rental properties when I was there and I thought, well, why am I renting a salon? I should buy something. Right. So I already kind of seen how the rental game works. So then I had got a partner with that and so then me and her together bought House Avenue. Got it. So that was my first actual, I own the salon. Got it. And then you co-owned it with yeah, her and then she had her stuff going too, right? Yes. Um, so pretty much your um, career and everything has just grown organically after being in Cheyenne and meeting people. And Cheyenne's also, I feel like, a very unique like everyone knows everyone. So I almost feel like you, like everyone knows you to go to Chalabella's or Michelle. Um, and that was just all word of mouth. And yeah, like, I mean, you... I, I feel I worked all the time. Like right. Seven you days still a week do. For I feel. years. Well, I don't work seven days a week anymore, but for years I just work every single day. Yep. And do you feel like that came, where do you feel like your work ethic came from? Like as a kid, did you see your parents working hard or did you my mom was always working so I just it was normal yeah she'd work she's a waitress so she'd work holidays weekends right. so to me it was normal just to work all the time right right and um so then you started that had Chilabella's and then what all because I know you have a new salon now and when did you purchase your new salon so probably about seven years after being in the house, then uh -huh. we just were outgrowing the house. So me and the girl decided to um, each move out of the house and buy something. And Adrian actually helped me buy the building that we are at now. On Got it. Okay. So we bought that together and then he had house buyers remodel it. So we bought an old salon. Got it. And then remodeled that into a new one. Got it. And that's where we're at currently. Right. And then do you still have Bell? What and then what's Bellows oh, Studios? Yeah, Bellows. Is that yours? Yes. Okay. And me and Adrian own that together. You and Adrian. Too. Okay. Yeah. And what is can you explain that? Because so I don't think I understand that. More of a suite 
salon. Okay. So we had bought that probably a couple years ago. And we were looking. I always love the idea of salon suites. Because and can you explain that? Because I don't know. Someone tried to explain it to me that they wanted to do that with massage therapy. But I don't understand the suite. Like Basically, it's just model. like an office with rooms. Okay. But instead, you know, I own a salon license. So I have the salon license in there. So you mm -hmm. could rent out to either hairstylist or estheticians or massage so therapists. Person has their own suite. Yes. But it can be different. Their names can be different. Yeah. They are, they're uh, their own business at that point. Got it. I yeah. see. They're just renting a space from you. Yeah. So it's basically a rental property, but I kind of utilize the salon industry yeah. in it. Because That's genius. I have experience. Wow. So then, okay. So just to kind of wrap that up, um, you have Bellows Studios, and then you've got Shella Bellas Hair Salon, and then you have your rental portfolio. Do you do anything else like outside of all of that to bring you income or that cash flows or what all else have you like expanded into? Um, if anything, not necessarily. I mean, I've invested a little money with Adrian with house buyers, mm -hmm. but he does all the work of that business, but I have invested some of my money into it. To mm -hmm. But mainly everything or... that you have is your own apart from house buyers. Yes. Like your rentals, I know you guys have some together too, yeah. but like your um, hair salon and everything, that's you've independently built that outside of Adrian. Yeah. If that makes sense. Got it. Okay. So, kind of adding context to Michelle's life and then bringing Adrian in. So, how did you guys and Adrian, you can kind of take over from here. Okay. How did you guys, um, and hold the mic up to your mouth. There you go. <laughs> How did you guys meet? And when when did you first meet? What year did you guys meet? Um, and kind of tell me how that transpired. So I think we met in 2017, roughly, right? So 17, okay. I think. Well, for back even before that, I think it was like 2015 or 16. A couple years before that, I actually detailed her car for her. Oh. Yeah, so, and I didn't even know her. I just kind of was, sure. I don't know how it happened, but I ended up detailing her car because that's like my passion is cars. Were you, where were you working then? At the time, 15, 16, I think I was already at working at Holiday Motors. Okay. Cars. And is that where you, would you bring your car into Holiday or did you have a detailing yeah. company? I don't even know how I worked. I think one of mutual friends like had okay. her car or something and I ended up just cleaning it because I just liked the car. And what did she have? He added me to Facebook. Yeah, it, so. it was like a Mercedes-Benz like C300. Okay. It was like brand new. Because right? everyone knows you guys are notorious in this town for your cars. Right. So, but you, and that's something to note too, you both independently have been car like. Even um, before we met each other. Right, exactly. You both have loved luxury is that right luxury cars or i mean all of them just cars, you guys yeah. just like cars yeah and i see i don't even like cars i just feel like you have a brand new forerunner i have the forerunner but Congrats to me i just that. needed like a solid suv you know but a forerunner that's not i mean it's not like a g-wagon like people you guys love cars which i don't think people know that about you guys Okay, so anyways, you were detailing her car, right? And then when did you guys actually meet? So we met, and then we seen each other. I actually, seen her at Starbucks. Oh. So she pulled up in that same Benz. I had no, my, I had a new Benz. You had a newer Benz now. Okay. And then I had uh, a BMW. Okay. And then we kind of just—I don't know—we just made eye contact, and then, and then I added on Facebook. And okay. Then we kind of just started talking. Got it. Because you knew her name from when you were detailing her car, and that's how you found her on Facebook. Or you don't have to tell I mean, your I secrets. Kinda, I mean, everyone already <laughs> knew who Michelle was. Yes, then, and that that's true too. I think Michelle is very well known in Cheyenne in our local community, just because you. I just feel like you've made a name for yourself with, and I think you were driving nicer vehicles than most people were in Cheyenne, so. That makes sense. So yeah, and then um, 
And then I added on Facebook. We started okay. talking a little bit. She blocked me a couple of times. She <laughs> <laughs> um, was really persistent. I was resilient is what you would call it. Got I it. never gave up. I wanted this girl. You know, I seen her. I wanted her. I was like, even though like she blocked me, I still found a way. Yeah. Actually, like, I think I used Christos's phone. I don't know if you guys know Christos, but he, yeah. you know, everyone kind of knows him in town too. But anyways, I used his phone and kind of still like, you know, uh -huh. like, hey, when are we going to hang out? And she <laughs> pretended to be in. Christmas. Like, Just yeah, after she blocked me on Facebook, text messaging, okay. and then she finally gave in. And then I think because well, we I went. wanted a new car and I was like, well, maybe you could like mm -hmm. take me to look at cars because I was super single. And yeah, I didn't really have anyone to go with me to look at cars. And I wanted like a new brand new car. Yep. I was like, okay, well, maybe we could go look at cars. So he set up a day to go look at a car and like go to dinner. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Was that your first date then? Kind of, yeah. Looking at cars, yeah. Okay. And was that in Cheyenne? I think that was in Loveland, BMW Loveland. We started oh. looking at BMWs, the new ones. That's crazy. I think she crazy. wanted like an M5 or something like that along those lines. And is And maybe this is good too for anyone that's listening. When you guys would finance your cars, because you said you had a BMW and you mm -hmm. were working at Holiday, right? Um, and then you had your um, sports cars or higher end vehicles, did you guys just finance them like just like a normal? You could afford the car payments. Yep. Like, yep. And yep. We don't really like try to pay for cash for our vehicles. We right. Try to finance it. Obviously, we try to you know make some money along the way. Like the G wagon, we made a little bit of money on the Lambo. We made money on. And a lot of people are like, you know, like you can't like cars are like the worst investments, but you know, we just kind of always focus on buying them right. And then hopefully, you know, when we get done with them, we resell them for what we paid for them, if not more. Right. Because you guys would kind of tune them, right? Tune like, them, you know, wrap yeah. them, make them look good, you know? Right. And that's kind of what I've, what I've done pretty much, you know, even in high school, like, High school, I don't even remember how many cars I flipped in high school. So that's interesting too. And I did not know that about you, that you've kind of always had the hustle mentality as well. Um, and so when you graduated high school, what did you do? Well, I was like a dishwasher for a little bit. I was a cook for a little bit at, you know, your local restaurants here in town. And I started serving a little bit at um, IHOP. I hop and then Sherry's. So I would be serving like in the middle of the like graveyard shift. So all the drunk guys coming home from like the Cadillac Dang. Ranch, I was your server at Sherry's. I didn't know you that. Know? Wow. Um, and then I think um, one of my buddies ended up getting a job at Holiday Motors, which is a car salesman position. Uh huh. And that's where I went too, is you know selling cars because I was already kind of like doing yeah. that like on the side, like right. Like I said, in high school, like I think I flipped like 10, 11, 12 cars, you know, just in high school. And how did you know how to do that? I don't know how. I just, it was just more of a passion. Like I always just bought something. Like I would kind of watch like the market and see what like a certain car would sell for. Mm -hmm. And then if I saw one kind of like, you know, that was a good deal, I'd just buy it. And then like, you know, put some rims on it. Yeah. You know, put a little subwoofer on it, tint the windows, and then resell it. And that's kind of always been my passion with cars. Got it. And then like in high school, how did you get the money to buy cars in high school? Well, so my brother actually bought me my first car, and it was like a $2,000 car. Oh. And then I ended up fixing that up, trading it up to like a Mazda 6. Got it. And then I just kept flipping it. Like I sold that, bought another car. You'd make a that. little profit yeah. and then I see. And then, and then I think at the end of high school, like I came from like a $2,000 car to having like a $20,000 like Mustang. Yeah, that's like, crazy. I just like had just leveled up, you know, to, mm -hmm. that, to that car. And then, yeah, that's pretty much what I still kind of do now with, right. the, with the cars that I own now. Like, right. I'm still kind of like leveling up with those right. cars. Because one thing too – um, which probably car connoisseurs understand, but probably most people in Cheyenne don't understand. And I'm curious your guys's, um, like opinion on this is, do you guys get bored easily with your new cars? Like the novelty wears off and you just want to like go to something new and that's all kinda, the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, cause I think some people are like, they talk shit like whatever people like to talk shit about you guys which is a whole other we can dive into that a little bit if you guys want but 
Um, I think some people get the idea that you like can't afford them. They want, they want to believe that you can't afford them and then you have to sell them. And right. I, but I don't think people understand like just with shoes or watches or bags or anything, the novelty wears off pretty quick pretty and quick. then you can just like, you're over it and there's another car around the corner. So exactly. I, that totally makes sense. Um, okay. So then you're working at holiday and what, how long were you there and what happened well, I was there? there for, I think three years and then, um, three years. And then the last year that I was there before I actually got let go, oh. unfortunately, because I don't know what happened exactly, but I, someone had told the, the owner of holiday motors that I was flipping cars on the side too. And that's, oh. legal, I guess. and I didn't know that, you know, at the time as a, as like car salesman. Oh, so even I think you could only sell five a year. Or five something. a year or something. Right. Oh. And he was like at nineteen. I don't know what it was. <laughs> oh, like interesting. Okay, got it. And then I got let go, but thankfully before that I got let go. I bought my house. You know. Oh, like your first months. house. My yeah. first house. Okay. First house off of Facebook. Yep, I bought my house off of Facebook. And how old were you then? I was twenty-one. Got it. Okay. Yeah, 21. And then I, I think it was like a WCDA program. You only need $1,500 down. That's and at what the I time, did. I was like, holy cow, like this is insane. Like I can buy a house with $1,500 down. Yeah. Like this is insane. So I was like, okay, like I can do the same thing that I do with cars. Buy low, fix it up, sell it. And did you have like with the WCDA, for example, when I bought my house, that's how I bought my first right. house. I had no idea that was an option. How did you learn anything about loans or home buying or why well, did you decide to buy a house? I kind of was just, I think I just kind of got more like, you know, financially educated uh -huh. with, you know, working at the car dealership. I hadn't, I knew nothing about credit. Right. And like these people would come in and, you know, it started putting like a lens in my own credit scores because people would come in there and I'd see their credit reports. And then I would see how much they make, what they can get qualified for, and then, you know, all the things. So anyways, that was kind of like I started looking into my own credit, right? I was like, holy cow, this is like, I had like 500 credit score. You know, same thing with Michelle. I had a credit card at Buckle. Yeah. I bought these like jeans with the buttons on the back, you know? Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what yeah, were they called? Rock, the... rev revival. rock, rock revival. Rock Revival, yeah. <laughs> I had that, right? Like my first card never paid it, right? So then I was like, holy cow, I need to pay these off. So then, you know, the car dealership, I was doing really well. Like for 21 years old, yeah. I was six figures, you know, yeah. like making really good money. And then, so I started paying off the credit card, paid that off. And then next thing you know, like I just. Well, we were, we started dating too. Yeah, so we, I kept yep. saying, you need to buy a house. You need to buy a okay. house. So Michelle kind of like put me, you know, but anyways, so I, I, I just ended up talking to a local lender in town. Uh-huh. And then he was like, yep, like you only need $1,500 down, you know? And I was like, okay, like, this is cool. Like I can do this. Mm -hmm. Like I've already like built up my credit. Like, let's go. So I got pre-approved. Okay. And I was like, okay, like all I need to do is like find a really good deal and I can do the same thing with the cars. And did you have any, like, did you want to use a realtor? Did you know anything about that? Or did you, cause you found it off Facebook. I found so. it off Facebook. So I actually used a realtor, but the realtor that I was using at the time, like, I don't, I didn't really know him. He was kind of just like, you know, one of those like Zillow ads, like, yeah. like you know, person. Um, and I was, I didn't like the house because I didn't think it was a good investment. Remember? Yeah. yeah. It was a very small house. It had a two car garage. It, no, it had like a three car garage. Three car garage. And it was a tiny, tiny house. Well, that, the garage was cool. And that was the most important <laughs> thing to me. And I was like, no, this could never be a rental property. But anyways, um, I was actually under contract to that house. I ended up being falling, like falling apart because, you know, Michelle talked me out of it for one. Oh. Um, so we fell out of contract. And then in the middle of the night, like I saw this house on Facebook Marketplace, you know, private seller, um, really low price. I was like, holy cow, like this is because I've already been watching the market. Right. You know, the last, you know, three, four months of me looking for a house. Right. So I seen this house, you know, on the north side of town, great neighborhood, like really good deal. So I ended up, you know, seeing it on Facebook, contacted her on Facebook. And I said, hey, I'll be there first thing in the morning with the contract. Had no idea what I was doing. So and 
Did you just like print off a contract? I printed off a contract. Did you just Google it? I just Googled it. And it was like the most generic contract. That's crazy. House, right? And was the, the first house you were under contract on, was that with your realtor? Or was that? He even left his earnest money. I lost my earnest money too. Because I was like, no, you cannot buy this house. Don't buy that house. Wow. And where was that house? That was over by Mallard Park, by Del Range. Got it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, But anyway, so uh, I told that lady, I was like, hey, I'm going to be there first thing in the morning. And kid you not, I was there at seven in the morning, knocking on her door. I'm like, hey, I was that kid on Facebook. Like, I'm here. Like, here's the contract. Like, here's the price that you wanted, right? Like, Let's go. Like, I'm ready to do this. I have a local lender that's already pre-approved me. Like, I'm ready. And did you know, how did you know it was a good price and everything like that? Because, like I said, so I was already um, looking like on the market and then I was already under contract on one. So I was like, you know, when I saw one that was cheaper than the one that you just gauged it. Yeah. I was okay. like, holy cow, like this is in a better neighborhood, bigger house, corner lot, like all the things. And Michelle approved. Oh, yeah. Michelle I approved. was like, you have to get okay got it so then so we ended up you know going on a contract and then that was it then and then for reference or to add context to you on this one what did you go under contract for on that one i went on a contract for 180 180 thousand. damn <laughs> yep. that's like but this was 2017 right and, and yep, no yep. commission fees no that's commission something fees. to yep. to know as well okay so you got it for 180 and then tell me, how long did you live in there? What happened with that? So I actually lived in there for a little bit. Um, so this is that time that I lost my job, right? So like uh, I moved in. Three months later, I lost my job at Holiday Motors. Came okay. from, and I at the time, I had already, you know, had a big car payment, $700 for a Maserati. It was like my dream right. car. I had That's a Maserati, right. you know, um, $700 a month. And I was like, holy cow, how am I going to make this payment? You know, like. And you have your doing. mortgage. And I have my mortgage. Right. So then I was like, okay, like, well, I knew I had this asset that I bought really low. I'm going to fix it up like what I did with the cars. So I fixed it up. So I painted like the kitchen cabinets, put like some flooring down, some really cheap flooring. It was, I mean, it wasn't like the best job. It was like really like DIY. Right. Kinda, and know, did flip. you do it yourself? I did it myself. Okay. Yep. yep. And it sucked like. But I, I liked it at the time, too, but it kind of gave me something to do. But um, anyways, so I ended up, you know, selling that house after I got fired because I, I honestly, I didn't have a choice. I got So fired. from the time you bought it to the time you got fired to the time you sold it, what was that time frame? Six months. Dang. And mm -hmm. what did you sell it for? I sold it for two forty nine. Wow. Yeah, two forty nine nine nine. That's crazy. Yep, so yep. you made a pretty good profit there. Pretty good profit. And then were you, did that kind of spark your like, oh, maybe I should do this? Exactly. So well, that's what tried. I think that. I sold my fourplex. Yeah. That, that, like that fit. I said, if you sell your house, I was, I had a fourplex that was okay. just kind of like a headache because I would get one good tenant and then three bad ones. Right. Right. <laughs> it was just a really headache. So I sold my fourplex too. So we both flipped, like I flipped that, he flipped that. And then, and then what did you do? So then House Buyers was born. And that's your company, that House Buyers company. LLC. Yep. Got yep. it. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I took that money, started House Buyers. Michelle invested some money with me too. Uh -huh. um, and then we just kind of grew that into what it is now. You know, right. last year we did 47 house flips. That's which wild. Is, which is insane for Cheyenne. And I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I passed 100 homes in Cheyenne. Wow. I flipped, you know, and... um. Yeah, and then it's crazy to look back, and that's kind of how it started. And yeah, because I think a lot of people, too, are like, there's lots of, like, if people don't understand where you came from and, like, how you did it, because in retrospect, it's pretty easy, right? Like, when you look back, you're like, duh, like, it just kind of happened. Right. But I think a lot of people are like, he, like, you don't know where he's getting his money like he's in debt up to his eyeballs like they don't know but when you break it down that totally makes sense and I think people like a lot of people now especially and I'm curious of your opinion of the flipping market here in Cheyenne specifically I know a lot of people say it's oversaturated now with investors but a lot of people I think within the last couple of years too started to pursue house flipping 
And in Cheyenne, I think there was only like one house flipper that I knew of, which was the Lynn's Buys Houses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only flipper I knew. And then I think you came along. And I remember when I was working for my startup company, that's when I ran into you again up at the co-working space. Mm-hmm. And you were like, hey, you remember me kind of from high school? I'm flipping houses. And I had no idea what that meant. And then you explained how you would wholesale. And you do you still do any wholesaling? I do do a lot of wholesale still. But um, not as much as I used to, for sure, because inventory is getting harder to find. Right. So when I see a good deal, I don't just like normally like, well, I used to like, you know, get an abundance amount of good deals. Right. There's a lot of them. But now I do less of them because they're harder to get. And do you feel like that's because there's more people doing wholesaling and flips? Or not why do you feel I like? Think, I think the market is just getting tighter. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it's just harder to find good deals, you know. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's getting saturated. We have Colorado investors coming up here, California investors up mm-hmm. here, franchises are coming up here and, and buying up houses, you know. So it's hard to compete with them. Right. And then, okay, so when you, so then you had some money to start playing with and then would you just like cold call people and be like houses that you knew needed rehab that were in a good location? Like you could see the potential in them. Would you just cold call people? Like how did you start your business then? Um, So, I mean, you kind of seen it. We were downstairs Mm -hmm. together. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, writing letters, cold calling, you know, um, so any house that I would see that, you know, that had potential, you know, the, the, the lawn was overgrown, the, the, the paint was peeling, right. you know, the roof was, you know, the shingles were on the, on the, on the lawn. You right. Know? Um, I kind of just give them a call and yeah, I got a lot of, you know, get out of here kind of yeah um, yelling at me, you know, taking off your do not call this, whatever. Um, but yeah, j- I mean. For every for every no, I you know for every hundred no's, I got one yes, and then that's all it takes. Know, that's all it takes, and then you know, and then now it's just like I hardly ever do that. Now mm-hmm. I'm kind of like people kind of like come to me now because mm-hmm. like they've seen the work that me and Michelle have done with like the houses down you know down the block that they live up, you mm-hmm. know, that we've remodeled, and they kind of see that. But um, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of cold calls, door knocking, driving around just talking to people yeah because i remember i would ask you because wholesaling if anyone doesn't understand what wholesaling is which i had never heard of before i met you or i guess talked with you about wholesaling and you explained it um i don't even know if you explained it i think i watched like a youtube video of a guy doing it It like popped up on my feed and i watched and then i maybe came to you and i was like is this what you're doing and for example if you found a house for 150 that needed flipped or renovated or whatever and you found an investor and you said i'll sell it to you for 200 you give them a contract you broker that deal and then you make that fifty thousand dollar profit exactly and right. you don't ever actually have to come up with the money exactly right? oh right yes so so you get you get the you know the seller under contract right and then now you have the rights to that contract so now you have rights to that property so then you can with that contract up, so you have the rights to sell that contract got more, it right so if you found an investor so yeah for fifty thousand dollars more you could potentially i get see that. i see they make it to the finish line i would use his money that two hundred thousand dollars close my deal or close that deal with between me and the buyer i see and then use the same money with me and the seller got it and make that 50 grand you're kind of like a middleman middleman got it yep and that makes sense but yeah, there's a lot of money to be made in wholesaling, but I do know that it is kind of those deals are harder to come it's by very, now. It's simple, but it is not, you know, easy. Right. It's a grind for it sure. Is a grind. Okay. So that all makes sense to kind of preface that and how you organically grew your business too. So I'm curious with you guys and how you have orchestrated and curated your lives here in Cheyenne. Um do you feel like, like, do you guys enjoy being in Cheyenne? Because I feel like you guys like to live large. I don't, if that, I don't know if you guys actually do. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you guys like the finer things, just from an outsider looking in. Do you feel like Cheyenne is conducive to your guys' lifestyle? Do you like it here? Well, I would say when we first met, we liked 
loved it. We were like, yeah, we didn't ever really want to leave. We loved, mm-hmm. we had our own businesses. But as we've grown, I feel like, and we've traveled a lot more. We bought a house in Arizona, so we oh. have we Airbnb that out, and so we'll go there in the winter, and we ship the supercars there so we could drive them all year round. Right. But I feel like we've used to love Cheyenne, but yeah, now I like Just to. Different. I like to go out to Denver to. Yeah, Colorado. The people here is great. There's some great people in Cheyenne. Right. There's just nothing to do. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, Cheyenne is more of like a sleepy town compared to like Denver or Scottsdale. We love eating food. I am a food. Eater. Yeah, you guys are always going out and everything. We and love food. so also like when people look at you guys and they talk shit or you might have some haters or whatever. Does that ever discourage you guys or do you just kind of have your blinders on? What are your thoughts on people that don't really support you guys or feel weird about what you guys do? I don't know. What do you guys feel like? What would you say to someone that questions what you guys do? I feel like Adrian doesn't let it get to him. I will let things bother me. And what do you do? Like if somebody says we're drug dealers, I hear that a lot. I'll let that bother me because we've both worked so hard and right. neither one of us has ever been into drugs. Right. And I think something too is like it takes years and years and years. Nobody has seen the come up. Not everybody, I guess, has seen the come up. Um, but it's like brick by brick, you guys have laid your foundation. So I'm maybe social media has kind of changed the game too because back in the day with social media you weren't posting cars and like dinners and traveling and everything nobody was right so maybe now it's just been like magnified um you've just got more eyes on you so um and then i'd be curious like for a question for adrian and actually both of you but for someone that's like say they are in the car dealership or in a sales position that they're like not really loving it. They feel like they're kind of scraping by, but they know they want to do something and they know, because did you always have a vision for your life? Like you knew you wanted more out of your life or did it just kind of happen that? I definitely always had a vision. I just didn't know how to get it. Mm -hmm. So when Michelle came into my life, we, she kind of showed me the ropes of like, you know, read this book and like listen to Mm -hmm. this person versus to, you know, Cause I was hanging around with some really, you know, not mm-hmm. so good influenced people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, ever since I got with her, we kind of just, you know, she kind of just guided me into becoming like the man that I wanted to be. So know. do you feel then it wasn't until you got together with Michelle that your life had more of a trajectory? 1000%. Interesting. 1, That's a good compliment to Michelle. Yeah. And Michelle, when you met Adrian, excuse me, because you are like, you'd kind of had your career going and everything. What were your thoughts about him? Like, did you see potential in him or did that just kind of grow organically? Well, honestly, when I first met him, I was at a point where I was kind of lonely because all I did is work and like my friends, they had kids, started having kids and being married and um, single and I didn't want to go with that single friends anymore because they were still going to the bars and right exactly when I met him he I felt like he brought a lot of happiness because I was almost sometimes sad on the weekends because I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. so he brought a lot of happiness in my life too yeah and then you guys just kind of prospered from there so when I was actually working at the car dealership Michelle took me to this conference called 10x 10x uh con two okay so hold your thought there michelle how did you get into all of the like self-help stuff or like what's reading yeah i think i just maybe from i i remember reading a book one time about investing and i think i came across rich dad poor dad Uh so that was one of those books and i just wanted to be positive so i'd read like positive mental growth books and things like that so just I guess from reading and then Mm -hmm. podcasts I started listening to a lot of podcasts 
And then you found out about a 10X conference and it was at Grant Cardone. Yeah. So I wow. went to the first one and I went alone. That's crazy. But I crazy. had learned so much just listening to all the speakers. And so then I was like, when I met Adrian, I'm like, we have to go to this conference together. So I bought yeah. him a ticket. I think we spent like $10,000. We got VIP tickets. Wow. So and what like year was that? That was 2018. People. 2018, wow. she put $10,000 per ticket in her credit card and was like kind of going all no, in. No, it wasn't even a, was it a credit it card. It was in your credit card. It was in your Southwest credit card. <laughs> wow. Yep. So she was kind of just went all in. And I seen like the dedication, uh -huh. like she really saw potential in me, right? Like, And that, if I remember her previous conversations, that kind of shifted your mindset, right? right? Being in the same room of these guys. Same room as Andrew Priscilla, yeah. Cardone you know and did it give you a perspective of like these are just humans like i'm at like we're all the same they're same just doing room literally i was right next to grant cardone 2018 i'm like some of these people i still like you know mm -hmm. like, i can't believe it you know mm -hmm. but like that's all it took and so when you guys listen to these podcasts and you go to these conferences and these events because i still feel like i'm in the mindset of like these guys know something i don't know or like they're so special I would be like, if I met like Ed Milet or Andy Frisella, I would be like starstruck. I feel I listen to all their shit. And right. like, I, I just like how they've humanized things or whatever. What do you feel like was the mind shift? Do you think it was like a mind shift change for you guys that you were like, oh, I could do this too? Exactly. And just yeah. being around like, you know, the right people in the right rooms yeah. will get you there, you know? Yeah. The conversations, the conversations are different because yeah. not that's not a normal conversation, especially in Cheyenne. I feel like about growing your empire, like 10 xing your, your life business and everything. Um, okay, so you go to that, and then and then you guys just kind of like took off from there. Then you just like it's been your how long have you guys been together now? So I think almost seven years, yeah. Oh, maybe six years. So we got together 2017. It's 2023. Yeah. Six years going on seven. And where do you guys see yourselves in the next 10 years? So I definitely want to start a family. You know, I know you just had your first kid. Mm -hmm. Congrats to that. Because that's what we need. <laughs> two years too. ago. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> but it's a blessing. But yes, you know? no, it's, it's it changes the game for sure. But right. yes, yeah. Like all the, I'm sure like the Lambos and the Ferraris is still going to be cool. Sure. But it's not going to be as cool. As with the car have, seat in the back. You know, with a car seat in the back. <laughs> I would be that guy though. Yeah. Why seat not? Why seat. not? Yeah. Um, but that's probably where I see, you know, me and Michelle, you know, here soon starting a family, you know, just maybe laying low a little bit, growing yeah. our businesses some more. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, just like growing your real estate portfolios and flipping and doing yep. same kind of type of stuff we just love it like michelle loves doing hair mm -hmm. like that's her thing like i, I see know. the smile on her face every time i go to the salon I'm she like, michelle you really are like an energizing you and that's how i know you love what you do is i think it like gives you energy does it yeah yeah and you talk to people all day long i don't know if you love that aspect but i, I feel like um hairstylists they're more like therapists than hairstylist because you talk all day and you learn about everybody and um provide a lot of happiness and joy to people every day so i think that energizes you which is good because you and do you see yourself like retiring ever from that or where do you see your future and yeah i, want, I mean i don't want to be behind the chair as much as i like yeah less time but I still will keep the salons and still do hair. Yeah. But definitely more into real estate and yeah. growing that, whether it be like multi-units or yeah, just still flipping. I love flipping. I love getting an old house and making it beautiful. And it, I've always told Adrian too, I'm like, dude, I it inspires me because you're taking something that needs help and you're helping it. And then you're making a profit. Someone else buys it that loves it. It's like a win-win all the way around. Even though I know there's a lot in the mixture that's probably very stressful, but I've always thought it was a very satisfying like transaction, I guess, or process because you take something and you make it better for somebody else. Um, and I think Cheyenne really like needs that. 
too. So I've always thought that you guys are very inspiring and I don't know. I just think you guys are doing stuff like you're kind of mavericks, I guess, in Cheyenne, the way that you're going about stuff. But I do feel like people just get like a misconception about you or given history or whatever like has happened in your guys' lives. Some people have a preconceived notion, which is interesting. But I don't know. Do you guys have any like – I one question we like to ask on our podcast is um, what's one thing you could – you wish you could tell yourself like when you were younger? So for both of you, Adrian, we'll start with you. What's one thing you wish you could tell yourself maybe when you were 20 or 18 to 20 or just when you were younger that you wish you would have known? I would say definitely, you know, just start making better decisions because as a kid, I would not even think before I made a move. Yeah. And now every step is, you know, calculated and, and um, yeah, I would just say, yeah, make better choices and surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Sure you're you are the people you surround yourself with 100 percent. and then michelle i think just like never stop dreaming and believing you should get that like mural i have and a little tattoo that says have never one. stop dreaming so to see. oh really um there are times that you're like you get we get down or mm-hmm. you know stumble but just keep going and just don't stop believing yeah. in yourself and and you guys do you feel, truly feel like whatever you want in life like you can get 1000% yes. yeah you guys are you you guys have produced things into fruition that isn't like i think people think like oh i could never have that or whatever but you guys are no different you've come up you weren't necessarily from money or fame or anything I mean, in Cheyenne, famous. <laughs> no one's famous, really. Some people are. But, I mean, you guys have made a name for yourselves, and it's very interesting to just see, like, you can do it. You just have to work for it and have the vision there and make good choices. Never stop, yeah. Yep, keep going. Keep going. So, well, I appreciate you guys for taking the time Thank to you. be on the podcast. And, um, yeah, any last final thoughts or anything? Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you listened through the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Thanks for anyone. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. And we'll, um, we'll have a new guest on next week, but thanks for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys. If tomorrow,